Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Elvis fans from around the world, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shaping Elvis. I am your humble host, Josh Ward, sitting here in the WTVA podcast studios. Just down the road from the Elvis Presley birthplace, here in King City, that's right, Tupelo, Mississippi. How the heck are you? It is uh, good to be with you again. Okay, let's do a real quick recap. Up to this point, we have learned that the music Elvis heard probably more than likely started at home. You know, I can only imagine that Vernon and Gladys would probably walk around the house singing and, you know, it's only natural for you to walk around singing or sing in the shower or just sing, you know, in the car or what have you. So I can only imagine that young Elvis heard his first notes around the home. We definitely know that music was a part of his church life when he'd go to church and and hear that. And we've also heard stories uh, up to this point where the family would sometimes sing at church, uh, you know, as a trio. So... It seems only natural to have young Elvis's career blossom at home uh, with his own instrument. Now, if you'll remember over in episode six, uh, Elvis and Friends, as I like to call it, uh, we talked with Elvis's childhood friend, Guy Harris. And I'd say, I don't know, about 30 minutes in, you'll get the backstory of how Elvis got his guitar um, when it first started with a wagon. Uh, very interesting story, so I do encourage you to go and listen to that if you haven't already. And if you care to hear a little reenactment of that purchase, uh, check out episode one uh, when I recapped the Elvis Festival uh, from this year. And I believe the entire reenactment, well, I know it is because I've seen it. <laughs> I believe the entire reenactment uh, is out there in YouTube land. So do go check that out. However, I decided to go to Tupelo Hardware myself and, you know, just hear it from them. Now, you've heard me talk about Miss Connie pretty much in every episode. And now it is time to hear from her. So from Tupelo Hardware, here is the current vice president of the Tupelo Elvis Presley fan club, Miss Connie Tullis. My name is Connie Tullis. I do our Elvis story at Tupelo Hardware regarding that first guitar and greet visitors from all over the world every day. Uh, well, okay, I'm glad you actually said that. So, um, if you say every day, on a daily basis, on how, a daily basis. how many people would you say come in here specifically for Elvis Presley? Average a day... I'm going to say probably 30 to 40 people wow. every day. Uh, double that on the weekends a lot. Quadruple that during peak Elvis times. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. How long have you been employed here? I think, Josh, really, it's coming up on seven years. 
I can't remember exactly the date that I started, but I want to say it was either in September or October. It's been about seven years now. Okay. What is it like to come through the doors every single day and and see that little X on the floor? <laughs> well, I, it's like I tell people every day, I've got the best job in the world. I get to talk about Elvis every day to anybody that'll listen, so it doesn't get any better than that for me. <laughs> Uh, in, in your time here, have you seen a decline or increase to of people wanting to learn about Tupelo, uh, Elvis and his relation to Tupelo? Well, since Tupelo I have Harbor? been telling the story, I have seen a definite increase in the interest and the crowds and tours. Now, you know, we have helped with that with CVB, Main Street, and all, you know, Tupelo in general, and, and but... These, these people, these avid Elvis fans, we are definitely on their list to, to visit. Yeah. In the seven years that you've been here, can, is, it, is it more or less um, folks like my age coming in, or do you see an increase in the interest of younger generations? I, actually, I do. Of course, most of our visitors or out-of-towners are... Uh, you know, they're, they're later on in years. They've been Elvis fans for a long time. But the increase of younger people, such as yourself and even younger, uh, I have seen an increase in that that makes me very happy to know that some these people have got to carry on this legacy. Right. So yeah. uh, it's ex exciting to know that, that younger people are big Elvis fans as well. Well, I remember, I can tell you firsthand, my mom was an Elvis fan. My sisters and my, I don't know about my brothers, but I know my sisters <laughs> were were Elvis fans. And, you know, that was from the start, from the early uh -huh. 50s. Later in the late 70s when I was born, you know, it carried on. Right. And I'm in my 40s now. And I can even, even my son and my daughter, yeah. they love Elvis. So. Well, now, I had two sons. Neither one were Elvis fans. One was a deadhead, followed the Grateful Dead around. The other <laughs> one loved Eric Clapton, and I was like, what's yeah. wrong with this? Well, as they matured, as they got older, I think they both realized, you know, the impact that their music came from Elvis's right. music. right. And so that's, but now my grandchildren, I have, they, they are definitely fans. Yeah. And you guys actually get a lot of, you know, I know Graceland will bring a, a bus down to the birthplace and some of those will come over here, right? Oh, that, that bus comes to Tupelo Hardware every Friday. Oh, does it? It does. Say. It <laughs> does. Awesome. It, it starts right here. As yeah. I tell everybody, it all started right here with that X on the floor. So, yeah, yeah Grace, Graceland comes every Friday. All right. Uh, have you ever had someone come in and not know the Elvis connection. Absolutely. Even <laughs> several local young people that really don't realize that event actually happened here in that story. But yeah, it's not surprising to see to see people that are not aware of what what actually went on back in 1946. <laughs> <laughs> Can you spot an Elvis fan right off the bat? Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb question. Absolutely. Huh? And and there are all types of Elvis fans. You've got your really your your avid uh fans like like I consider myself and people that are just interested in what this man was able to do that that caused all 
all of this, the, you know, this interest in how he was able to bring the world together just uh, by himself and change music. And you have people that are just really interested in that enigma, if you will, at that time. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> how many people come in just to buy a guitar, you know, just so they can say, I bought a guitar from Tupelo Hardware? Well, quite, quite a few. I mean, a lot of people do know that Joe Perry with Aerosmith purchased a guitar here. And more recently, the guys with the Million Dollar Quartet that performed here just a week or so ago, uh, the, the Elvis of that uh, performance purchased a guitar. He was thrilled to death. They were so happy just to be able to come in. So a, a lot of people do. And we've sold... Um, around 63 guitars so far this year and the holiday season is not even up on us so we're i'm gonna shoot for a hundred or more so yeah it's (laughs) that's a fun part of it too yeah to see people and they are excited you know really excited to get that that guitar here so you're that's let's see 60 so you're averaging about Six guitars a, a month. Oh yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. And and heavy times are during, uh, of course, the Elvis Festival, mm-hmm. and around the holidays is always a good wow. time. Yeah. So I won yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And and we have people that come in, and we love for for people that do enjoy playing or want to play. They're welcome to do that. We'll have a jam session, real impromptu. I've got the best job in the world. It really sounds like you might. <laughs> I really do. Can you tell me about uh, Elvis's guitar itself? Well, this is my story. It's been several years ago. Um, a man came in, was looking around. We started to talk, and it was Gary Hahn, who was vice president of marketing at Graceland, also Priscilla's brother-in-law. Uh, and he told me, he said, well, you know, there's a guy in Memphis named Larry Moss that says he has that first guitar. And I was like, really? And I mean, that name stuck in my head. I mean, I didn't know anything about him or how to to contact him, but I, I never forgot that name. And months, and maybe even a year later, there was a, a gentleman that came in the store that purchased Elvis's house that Buddy Palmer gave away, and uh, his name was Chris Davidson. And in our conversation, he said, hey, I know Larry Moss. You want his number? And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, yes, please. And when I, it took me a while to get up the courage, but I did, I finally, I called him. Fantastic guy, super nice guy, and he brought that guitar to Tupelo Hardware for our during our Elvis Festival that that was year before last, and it was the guitar is seventy three years old. It was it does have tape on it. It's missing a string, but just to to know where that came from and who had that guitar, then. Uh, it, it was a very, very special time for me. And 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 too, just to be behind the actual case, and you know, still seeing, the, just having the guitar come home, if you will. Right, absolutely. And and I know that Larry had has gone, uh, taken many steps to 
to have that guitar studied. There was a uh, a man in in Nashville that's supposed to be. Um, I mean, he he really that's his job more or less. He does know about these things, and he did confirm it was a K, which the store did sell, you know, at that time. So. Uh, and, and to see the number of people during that festival that came in and got to to be a part of that was exciting, too. And hopefully Larry did not get to come this past year, but hopefully he will be coming again in the future and bringing that guitar. Tell me what it was when you he opened that case up. <laughs> well, I <laughs> What remember, was it for you? I remember, so well, it was on a Friday. Of course, our festival starts on a Thursday, but it was on a Friday morning that he was coming with the guitar. And when he got in, I mean, everybody was just like, oh, that's it. <laughs> that, that's really it? Really it? Everybody was just, everybody just, stopped. just dumbfounded. <laughs> yeah. and say, That is it. And, of course, we put it on a stand, and uh, it was just... It was a very exciting, exciting morning, (laughs) and he stayed, he stayed all day. I mean, it was, the the store was just flooded with visitors and and tourists all all that weekend. It was a great time. Do you know if it still plays? I'm guessing. No, it's all taped up. It's missing a string, too, so no, it's, it's not, it's not playable. I don't think anybody would want to. To right. try that. Oh, right. Yeah, that was my next. He probably doesn't want anybody no, to try. I don't think so. I don't think he does. He also owns Scotty Moore's first guitar. Wow. He also owns the long cape that Elvis was supposed to wear in the Aloha from Hawaii concert, but it was so heavy he couldn't maneuver it. And so uh, Larry told me that story was they had two days to get him that shorter cape that went with that beautiful white jumpsuit and it was not very well made because they uh, they didn't have time to do it thus Elvis did throw it out in the audience along with his belt during that concert and it was only when he got stateside back stateside that they'd made him a shorter the shorter cape that went with that suit give me the spill tell me what Tell, tell me the everything you know <laughs> all right I'm gonna give you the story okay give me the story. from from Start to finish, okay? This is an old family-owned hardware store owned by the Booth family since 1926. They built this building in 1941. Elvis and his mother came in on his birthday, January the 8th, when he was turning 11 years old to get a birthday gift. Elvis saw a bicycle in the front window he wanted, but Gladys refused to let him have it. They probably didn't have enough money. He had been wanting a 22 rifle for quite some time. His friends had those, but she certainly was not going to let him have a rifle. And they had a close family friend that worked here about 22 years, Mr. Forrest Bobo. And Mr. Bobo's wife was related to the Presley family. And so he knew Elvis from the time he was born. And the counter here in the store at that time was the music counter. And we are we are currently standing. We are at standing that. right here with it. Actually, I'm going to stand over on the X just so I okay, can. Okay, you see. stand on the yeah, X. I'm I'll, stand I'll rub his DNA. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead. And Mr. Bobo is actually uh, the one that reached in the the music counter and took out that guitar and handed it to Elvis. Said, "Well, Elvis, how do you like the guitar?" 
And we say that he turned to his mother and said, that's all right, Mama. I'll take the guitar. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. Uh-huh. And as you can hear with the background noise, uh, this is a working hardware store. I mean, I'm looking at everything from glue to saws to tape measures, knives. And you mentioned that uh, Mr. Booth is, is here today. Is that right? George. George. That's the young one. That's he young. and his father, they are, oh. they are here every day. Okay. It was his grandfather that started the stower, right. great or great right. grandfather. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to move over just a little bit because I feel like some folks are trying to, trying to get in the spot. So. <laughs> Allow me to interrupt real quick. While Miss Connie and I were talking, a fan pretty much out of nowhere um, was kind of looking around. Miss Connie just as as she does, is willing to help and wants to help people. So she just kind of looked over and said, can I help you? And a fan just out of nowhere joined our conversation. Love this. Check it out. Yes. No. That was my next question. (laughs) I saw him in Ames, Iowa. Okay. A couple months before he passed. Really? I was in the nosebleed section, and I can scream really loud, and it got kind of calm between songs, and I just thought, Everybody's grabbing their ears, and he dropped down to his knee, and he pointed up at me, and I'm like, oh, my God, he knows I'm here. <laughs> See, that's yeah. the effect he had on people. That's the effect right there. <laughs> My girlfriend was with me, lifetime girlfriend. She's like, oh, Dana. Because <laughs> I thought, I think she thought I was a little crazy that I let one out like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could, he could bring that out in us, couldn't he? <laughs> oh, I love Elvis. I still love him. I won't enter. No, you're you're great. That was great. See, I rest my case. And you rest your case. (laughs) What do you think when you're flipping through and you hear Tupelo Hardware? What is that? Hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what I think, really. And it's just like a validation of my feelings. You know, I know how important he is. Thank goodness other people know how important he is, too. And all that history. And I mean, yeah. I love Connie Tullis. Oh my goodness. I am indebted to her for helping me get this podcast off the ground. And even though we've only known each other for a couple of months, it feels like forever. I am so thankful, so thankful that she is a part of my life now. Uh, So from the big guy, thanks, Miss Connie, for everything. Now, moving on, another very interesting part here. Tupelo Hardware, as you know, is not just the place where Elvis got that guitar. It's very much a business that happens to sell guitars. And it's still owned and operated by the same family as it was in 46 when Elvis and Gladys came in. Here's George Booth III to tell you a little more about his grandfather's store. Yeah, I'm George Booth III. Tupelo Hardware started in 1926 with my great-granddad. George Booth the first, and he moved into this our current location in 1941. Um, so when Elvis came in in 1946, he was, you know, uh, this was a pretty new location overall. And um, at the time, and still, it's one of the larger retail 
um, shops in downtown Tupelo. We have three Main Street buildings now. Um, you know, of course, Reed's has, has been here for longer than us and has more space than we do square footage-wise, I'm sure. But, um, you know, then my granddad... My granddad also owned the store after my great-granddad died in 1973, and then my dad took it over in 2000 after my granddad died, so my dad's a current owner. I've been only been back for three and a half years. I'm, I was uh, in South Carolina for a long time before that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a, I don't know what you'd call me. We don't really have titles, but I'm a manager, administrator, I you, know, you. What, you know, whatever you want to call it, buyer, you know, stalker, whatever. <laughs> yeah, just, Jack of all trades. I, yeah, I mean, with a business our size, you have to be able to do just about anything. So I've since I've been back, I've been doing everything from installing a new computer system to finding and purchasing new product or reaching out and doing uh, outside sales, uh, working the counter, um, just whatever, I, whatever needs to be done, so. Uh, let's just say you're sitting on the couch one day and you're flipping through, happen to be a uh, Elvis documentary come up, and you hear Tupelo Hardware. Does yeah. it just swell with pride? or Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I, I love, you know, the fact that we were lucky enough to have sold his first guitar to him. I think that's, um, you know... I, I didn't, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't responsible for that at all. And sure. Mr. Bobo didn't know what he was doing that day. It was just a very normal day for him. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm real, I feel like we're very fortunate to be able to say that we, this is where he came to get his first guitar. And every time I hear it, you know, on a History Channel or, you know, uh, any of the other, you know, broadcasts or podcasts or, websites or newspaper articles we've ever been in. I'm, all, I'm always really happy to, to see that and hear that. I have friends that send me photographs of, you know, clips of magazines that we're in, we were in. And, um, yeah, that's it's really good. Yeah, we're, we're lucky. We're, it's good press for us. It's good marketing. So it's it's good. It uh, helps business. We've, we've seen visitors, uh, Elvis-related visitors in traffic grow, especially over the last 15 years. When I was a child, it wasn't that big a deal, and it seems like the last since his the 25th anniversary of his death, it, it it's really bloomed. So um, it's not some major sector of our business. It's not some majority of what we do, but um, it's still important. You know, every everybody that it's it's tough to be a downtown Main Street hardware store in this day and age, and for every person that walks in and shares, you know your story it helps with someone else it helps get the word out about what you do and um you know the product you see on the shelves doesn't stock itself and the right. customer interactions that we have are not fabricated they're all genuine and we try to make sure that our product which is our service and our uh, physical product is is something that's meaningful to people and that makes customers want to come back um, it's hard to compete with online retailing and online merchandising these days on a lot of products but we do the best we can well i'll tell you and, uh, just being here the short time that i've been in here and like i said earlier you can hear the the rustling and, and moving about uh doesn't seem like you guys are hurting for business i mean <laughs> no no a lot of people come here for elvis a lot of people come here for the service and, and have, have been coming here for years right. a lot of people come here because we're an old hardware store and they just want to see an old hardware store because they're kind of a dinosaur these days so um 
you know, it, this, there are a lot of people out here that comment, this, oh, this place smells like an old harbor store. And that's, that's not really uh, us. That's the per- person's memory of some year, years ago, some experience they had in an older feeling shop where it meant something to them because they were there with certain people or they liked the way it was set up. They liked the fact that you have to interact. There's no departmentalization here. Everything's vertically oriented. You have to have someone help you. Um, So most of the time, our customers have to rely on a salesperson to provide some additional support for them. They can't just walk in and um, you know, exist in a vacuum. They have to have some sort, some level of human interaction. Right. And there, I think that's part of the appeal as well for a lot of people with sentiment, sentimental feelings toward uh, shopping at an older shop. Is that human element? So, and the smell and the everything, all the sensory bit, information that goes with it. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Right. All right. There you have it. Thanks. All right, Josh. I appreciate yeah. it. Today, when you walk into the store, you can almost feel like what it was to be there in the mid-40s. As I'm told, not much has changed. Coming in through the doors, walking down the hardwood aisles, hearing all the clanging items hanging around, people talking, people laughing. Some about projects they have going on. Some about Elvis. And then, every once in a while, you'll hear the familiar sound of a guitar, reminding us all once again where it all started. Today, the guitar, as stated, is still in existence, and it does make the trip back to Tupelo on occasion, usually around Elvis Fest, as we heard, and around the country. So do be on the lookout of when it could be coming back home. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Shaping Elvis. Thank you so much for joining me today, tonight, this evening, whenever. And I do hope you will see us in two weeks for another episode. Listen, please take the time and go um, subscribe to this podcast. Give me a rating, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Hopefully you like it. Do go to my Facebook page. Leave me your Elvis stories. Still like to hear those. I'll read them out to your fellow fans. Drop me a line at shapingelvis at gmail.com or jward at wtva.com. J-W-A-R-D at wtva.com. And that's going to do it from here at King City, Tupelo, Mississippi. I'm Josh Ward saying Elvis may have left the building, but he's never left our hearts. Until next time. Bye. Shaping Elvis is produced and edited by me, Josh Ward. Executive producer, Jason Lee Esri. It is a production of WTVA Podcasts. The views and opinions you hear on the show belong to me and my guests and don't necessarily reflect those of WTVA, parent company Heartland Media, or WLOV. Thank you. And good night. You've been listening to Shaping Elvis. Josh Ward, you do a great job, brother. Great job. Fantastic. Shaping Elvis with Josh.